brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Mariana Bedoya to be discussing her own fitness journey. We're also going to be discussing a lot of fitness random things, such as Mariana's favorite exercises. We talk about food. We talk about cultural influences on food and so much more in this episode. Mariana is absolutely jacked if you haven't seen her before. She makes me look small in comparison. Highly recommend you check out her Instagram, her TikTok, and all of her other social media channels. Before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Going to interrupt this podcast real quick to bring you a word from our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It's got built-in creation tools that allow you to record and edit audio right in the app or on your computer. They distribute your podcast through Spotify, Apple, Google, and so many other platforms, and you can monetize your podcast. It is literally everything you need. If you want to get started with your own podcast, go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app and get started today. Now back to the show. Mariana, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Just kind of talking about your backstory a little bit. People see your content now and it seems like you're one of the biggest people in the gym, for lack of a better way to put it. (laughs) Shoulders are bigger than mine. So how did you get started on the whole fitness journey? Um, So it did not start off with lifting in the slightest. Um, I was finishing up college and I had packed on a good amount of weight, like most people do after four years of college. Um, and I was going into my grad program and I was going to be, you know, since I was going to school for teaching, I was going to be in schools a lot. And I like just was not feeling super comfortable in my you know own body image and things like that. So I decided like, all right, I'm just going to lose a couple of pounds. I'm going to start going to the gym. Like I had played sports growing up, but then once I got to college, that was put on the back burner. Um, so I was like, all right, like, let me start going to the gym. Like, let me lose some weight. And I 
went the whole cardio bunny roux and just <laughs> overdid it with the cardio and like not eating enough. Pretty much what you should not do, which is why I'm such a strong advocate about not doing that. Um, learn from my mistakes, luckily. But yeah, when I started off, I was just like, I'm gonna lose some weight. I'm gonna try and just feel better in my clothes kind of thing. And I ended up losing like 30 pounds. And then I was like, all right, but now I'm just small. And I just like still wasn't feeling like overly confident in myself. And I was like, well, this is not what I expected. Like um, when I started going on social media and I found like a couple of influencers that like were females that lifted weights. And I was like, huh, that's kind of cool. Like I want to try doing that. So from there I started, you know, kind of just following a couple things on social media, like dabbling a little bit in lifting weights and what that kind of entailed and then after like about a year I started working with a personal trainer who like really taught me form and like how to lift properly and what it should all kind of look like and then it really just took off from there like once I started seeing some muscle growth I'm like whoa this is cool like this is <laughs> like this is fun like I feel so much better mentally and physically and then from there it really really took off yeah, that's amazing. It sounds like it was really like a pendulum swing from one end all the way to the other. Yeah, yeah. It's been eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think it's great that you went right into the lifting and you skipped that kind of awkward middle ground of like, you know, hit abs every day, use the mini bands, want to get toned, but not too bulky. So do you still do cardio or is um, that completely... It's still there. Um, <laughs> it kind of depends on like the phase of my lifting that I'm in. So now I'm working with a new coach um, and he like now I'm currently in a bulk. So cardio is not super <laughs> prevalent, but it's still there. I'm not going to say that I don't do cardio at all, but it's about like two to three times a week, like 20, 25 minutes, nothing wild. But then when I am in a cutting phase, cardio definitely does get bumped up. But I will say it's always strategic. It's no longer like I'm going to spend an hour doing cardio every day because that's what I was doing in the beginning. It was absurd. I was doing like 45 minutes to an hour on the Stairmaster six times a week. And I would never recommend that to anyone starting off with any kind of fitness or lifting journey. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, yes, I still do cardio, but it's definitely strategically planned around my lifting. Right, for sure. I give you a lot of props for doing a full hour on the Stairmaster. I don't think I could make it more than 20 minutes. I tap out. It's, I mean, that, it, that's my favorite form of, form of cardio now. So at least yeah. it helps me with that. But yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. It was, it was excessive. It was absurd. Like I keep saying, I don't recommend it. <laughs> right. And I feel like in your case, like you kind of, you said you went that route after college, gained a little weight, that sort of thing. And I feel like that's a story that a lot of people can relate to. You know, I think everyone's heard of freshman 15 and now we got the quarantine 15 and you know the list yep. of things goes on and on and on and it's no secret that the general trend in America is towards higher BMIs higher body fat percentages in the general population and I feel like a lot of people aren't really sure where to go to start getting healthier and getting more fit but everyone knows if they burn more calories then they'll probably stop losing weight so what do they do they go, they jump on a treadmill or an elliptical or a bike or something along right. those lines. And they just burn calories as much as they can instead of hitting the weights and, you know, getting stronger right. and actually raising your resting metabolism. Absolutely. 
I agree. I think it's also a lot of people just don't know where to start with that because for so long it was just kind of ingrained in everyone like, oh, do cardio, a ton of it, and then just eat a whole lot less and then that's it. And I don't know why we still kind of have that formula. I think a lot of people just assume that that's the best way to go. And then, but it's clearly the least sustainable. Um, so that's been something that I've had to learn because I did the whole cardio thing. And I was like, okay, this is not something that I can keep up for my entire life, nor would I want to, because it's just not that fun. I mean, some people do enjoy cardio and I think it has its time and place, but from a fun standpoint, enjoyable for me, like I can't imagine doing that much cardio all the time. Now, benching plates or squatting or deadlifting. Now, that, on the other hand, that's a lot of fun, right? That's the fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> you have, like, a favorite exercise or favorite, like, muscle group to train? or? Uh, I think my favorite has to be shoulders and back to train. Those, like, I have such a fun time with those. <laughs> like, I just feel like, that's where I feel like my strongest and my best. Um, but from, like, the big, you know, three big lifts, deadlifts are probably my favorite yeah for sure for sure now when you deadlift is it conventional or sumo I actually do both Um, okay okay yeah I hit legs twice a week so um in my last block of programming I had um pause sumos Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the week and then I had conventional deadlifts at the end of the week so I was actually able to do both and I personally prefer conventional way way more than sumos um, but I have gotten more comfortable with sumos and it has helped I think my conventional also so that's been that's been cool to do to try both of them out yeah definitely that's always a question I feel like people are so divided on it's either one or the other and it's never like both so I think it's kind of cool how you take both of them and incorporate both into your training that's not something we usually see people doing right yeah no that's been cool I never used to do it either until I started working with my coach and you know I saw both of them programmed in there I'm like all right I'm just gonna follow it he knows what he's doing so yeah yeah definitely just do them all yeah so we're talking about some different things in the past when it comes to exercise we're talking about like just in general there's this trend in you know the country that people are moving towards a less healthy state do you think there's any cultural influence on that I know that you yourself come from a kind of unique cultural situation in that you're a first generation uh, immigrant to Colombian parents do you think that situations like that play any role in someone's health and fitness oh absolutely I would definitely say when it comes to you know from a nutritional standpoint and food wise like growing up Colombian like there was, we, my, like, whatever my parents cooked, especially my mom, like, lots of homemade Colombian foods, and a lot of those foods tend to be fried and full of, like, high carbs and things like that, so growing up, like, that was the food I was around, and healthy eating was never really a focal point, um, probably up until I started realizing, like, what nutritious food looked like and things like that, um, but I think also just from American cultural standpoint, like, fast food and things like that are just an easier option especially because we're always busy people are always busy and people are always looking for the quickest thing to move on to the next thing on their to-do list or the next task so picking up something on the way on the drive is always going to be faster than dedicating time to meal prep on a weekend or on a weeknight for the week things like that 
Um, and then in terms of just fitness in general and lifting from that cultural background that I kind of grew up with, I definitely would say it's pretty taboo um, just because like my parents are very like old school Colombian. And um, when I started lifting, like to them, it was like, what are you doing? Like that's, it wasn't a norm. Like it's not a norm as much I would say as it is now for females to lift. Um, but definitely once I started like going to the gym and like putting on muscle, it was like, oh, whoa, that's, that's different. So breaking those kind of cultural, you know, um, ties has been interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. You have to kind of go against the grain when it comes to this sort of stuff. And I feel like that's something, again, that a lot of people can relate to, you know, maybe they just come from a family that didn't exercise and they're kind of going right. against that mold. Maybe it's more food related uh, as it relates to culture, like you said, you know, every, wherever you're from, whether it's, you know, Colombia in your case, or, you know, Asia, Africa, wherever in the world you're from, there's certainly some kind of unique approach to food and different traditions around food. Uh, and that's one of the things I love about other cultures and just travel in general is you get to experience that sort of thing. But all of that has a direct impact on your health and fitness, right? I think we've all heard the phrase, you are what you eat before. So if right. you're you know, constantly living on like say the Mediterranean diet, for example, because you're in Italy, odds are you're pretty healthy. And you know that's a gift in that sense. Versus, as you mentioned, the American diet where, you know, a lot of people eat at, you know, your traditional fast food places, get the quick fried stuff. And even if it's not fried, the quality just isn't there anymore. Um, and it, it is definitely a lifestyle problem, like you said. And it's hard to get people in America to just slow down and embrace like stillness in general. It just feels like everything right. is so instantaneous anymore. Like you can get your groceries delivered in an hour. You can get like any kind of restaurant food delivered to your door. Like we live in such an instant world where nothing is delayed anymore. And I think that creates another like problem with fitness for most people is we want results quick. When in reality, fitness is one of the yeah. last few things along with like faith, I would say that doesn't give you instant gratification and instant results. Right. And I think that ends up being a huge deterrent for a lot of people when they get started because they're so used to everything else in their life being so instant. And like you said, that instant gratification, that fitness journeys are that it's a journey for a reason. And it's not going to be something that you do for a week or two weeks or even a month. And you're like, okay, that's it. And it's not something that you can just stop like you can but if you want it to really be something that you incorporate in a daily life like it's, you have to constantly be working at it and I think that's the part that a lot of people don't want to understand because I think they know it in the back of their head but it's it's that effort it's that hard work it's the dedication it's the commitment to it that people find really hard to do when they're already committed to x y and z and a hundred other things in their daily life yeah, for real. Uh, there's definitely like a Dunning-Kruger effect with it too. Uh, and you've probably seen that with teaching as well, uh, especially teaching Spanish because people have to, like kids are learning a whole new language with that. So with fitness or learning a new language, like you might roll into class or the gym on day one, 
you might feel a little confident, a little cocky, like, yeah, you know, I got this, you know, this will be easy. At least that was my experience trying to learn Spanish. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I watched like, there's like an episode of Dora in my childhood somewhere there. I'll be fine. Like, you know, I, I know the basic hola como estas. And then you get into it. Yeah. And once you're like, you know, up to your waist deep into it after a couple of weeks, you're just like, holy crap, this is a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And again, that applies to, you know, fitness, learning, whatever. Right. Amazing yeah. how, you know, you get thrown in a situation, you think you got it. And then all of a sudden that soreness starts to hit and things start to stack up, you know, new exercise, haven't moved this way before that feels tight. And it's just like that huge wake up call for you. It's always going to be, I think, a learning curve when it comes to fitness and the deeper you get in it, like the more there is to learn and the more there is to adjust and you know, work on and improve upon it. That's been, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is like when I first started lifting versus the way I lift now, like so much has changed and I'm still constantly improving whether it's form, whether it's technique and what it means to do different exercises in different ways. And like, I ne I feel like I'm never going to learn it all, which is also the part that I love because there's, there's still more, there's still something else. There's, there's still another way to improve. Um, and that's kind of been like, I think one of the things that keeps me in it a lot of the times is like, I've done this and now I have a new training block and now I have a new exercise that I need to perform that I might've not done in the past. And that it like, is like a big reset. Cause then I'm like, all right, I'm back to my humbled, uncomfortable. I need to go use this machine that I've never used before. And now I have to try and figure it out and go from there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I got those same feelings when I switched gyms too, like, you know, whole new gym, whole new environment. Like, you know, I've worked out before. I generally know what I'm doing, but it's just different when all of a sudden everything changes. Right. And I think that that's something that I try to highlight, at least on my social media is that like, just because I've been lifting for a while, doesn't mean that I also don't have those uncomfortable moments or those times where I'm like, Oh man, I really don't know what I'm doing right now. Like I like and it and it sometimes you feel embarrassed and sometimes you're like oh my gosh is everyone watching me you're like no like no one else is really paying attention to you but you know it, it just that's something that I try to highlight like doesn't matter where you are in your fitness journey whether it's your stepping foot day one or you've been doing it for years like you're still going to have uncomfortable moments and like that's okay it's all just kind of part of the whole deal yeah yeah definitely and you can always drown those uncomfortable moments out with music that's loud enough right yes always <laughs> do you have any go-tos as far as music goes or do you share your spotify playlists or um i haven't recently um but it kind of varies from week to week like i tend to find like a couple of songs and those will be my go-to songs for like two to three weeks like on repeat <laughs> like relentlessly and then like I'll find a new song and then that will be the song for the next couple of weeks. But it honestly varies um, depending on what I'm lifting, like leg days need to be very loud in my face kind of music. And then other days, like it's whatever I'm feeling. So, so it can literally be anything from like country to like rap to dubstep to. Yeah, I would say most music besides country probably anything but country <laughs> <laughs> yeah I uh I really tip my hat to people who can like lift to like Jason Aldean or Brad Paisley like I I've done it before um but it's more of like a hometown thing for me because I'm from the middle of nowhere you know 
high school graduating class of like 45 people so like to me that's like that's like a big hometown thing like you know when I'm home you know I'll crank up some BG and you know that'll be my workout but when I'm you know at a place like this you know more city developed there's actually people around and not just deer and bear um then I then I kind of go with the more like fit in kind of music because like you know, if I walk by and someone hears what's going through my headphones and, you know, they hear like Eminem or, you know, five finger death punch, like they're just like, okay, okay, that guy's getting it. But if they hear like, you know, a little twang and a banjo or something like that, I'm, <laughs> then I will get some weird looks and then everyone might start looking at me a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know about you, but I've had cases before where like my music will start playing, but it doesn't connect to my headphones right away. So then like everyone yeah. in the general vicinity knows what you're going to be working up to. Yeah. Well, hey, whatever works, whatever gets you hyped, gets you going, then listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> like I've had days where I'll listen to like, I think I've even listened to like some like motivational like speeches, like short ones, like two yeah. or three minutes and like that's what I'll listen to before hitting a heavy set or something like that. So honestly, whatever helps. Yeah. That hits different. Wow. I like that. You said like you listen to it before a heavy set. Do you usually rest like, you know, three, five minutes between sets? Or are you going like more of like a power lifter approach on some things? On um, some things. Yeah. So usually my squats and deadlifts I'll have, since they're usually my heavier sets, um, I'll have like a three to five minute rest period and then get after it because those leg days just drain me <laughs> like they take the life out of me squats in particular like they're I I can't stand squats like they're my least favorite exercise I do them twice a week I get it done but I do not enjoy them do you prefer if you had to do them because you kind of have to would you rather do back or front squat back squat yeah 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 I um I feel like it's always interesting when someone chooses like an off squat variation too. like some people will pick like, oh, you know, I'd rather do like, you know, the zombie squat or, you know, someone was telling me about, what was it like this Jefferson squat variation? Like I had to look it up mid episode because I had no idea what it was. Um, but the barbell was no like idea. literally between. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. The barbell was like literally between their legs and they were like bending down and squatting it. And it was like, it, it was like a weird squat deadlift combination. I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. Yeah, no, I, I, I like to keep it simple. It's something I like about my coach also. Just very basic exercises, nothing nothing crazy. Like some of the stuff you sometimes see on social media and <laughs> just like, what, what is, what are we doing here? Like, and yeah. that's one of the things I've learned also is like basic and simple movements are going to get you really really far versus like trying to overly complicate them and add in weird variations to stuff so I try to keep it as basic as I can no I completely agree I feel like um so when I look at exercises I look at like four basic quadrants and quadrant one is basic like you know general movements that everyone should be able to do like everyone should be able to do a basic squat or a basic push-up you know and those are things that you know we could all do every day and be fine with like you know body weight squats within reason are not going to burn you out like you can do that movement daily 
And then as you work up the quadrants, you start getting more and more specific. And like, you know, quadrant four would be like preparing for like Olympic lifting competition, even though you need to be good at like, you know, the clean and jerk or whatever, you're not going to spend, you know, 95% of your training doing that one lift. And I think a lot of times people spend too much time getting fancy with their training and not enough time just doing the basic things really well and sticking to what works. I think if you bench squat deadlift and then throw a couple accessories in there, so maybe like a lunge variation, RDL, step up, and then like pull up, dip, maybe a you know, a couple shoulder press variations and a couple rows, like you've got yourself a pretty solid split already. Right. Yeah. I mean, even just recently, I've, I've really noticed like my leg days, I only have like four exercises, maximum five exercises, but because like a volume and, you know, the intensity, like that is where it really, you know, you can really crank it up. So you don't need eight to 10 exercises every single day that you're lifting. I think the fortify that main ones that you're choosing you need to really be going all in for and really pushing yourself on those exercises and it's more than enough like add bulgarian split squats to any leg day and you're guaranteed (laughs) to just you know be toast at the end of your lift i cannot echo that anymore that's a that's a real love hate relation exercise for sure uh, and I think it comes down to a battle of quality over quantity with your training. You know, at what point right. are you throwing exercises in just to check the box one and two, just because you're doing more of something doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Um, that was something Bob King right. recently shared on the podcast. He said, you know, difficult does not automatically mean it's better. You know, anyone can leave you feeling smoked. You know, if you want to feel like you got your butt kicked, go in the gym and do as many burpees as you can in seven minutes. Um, And even if you, you know, hit like 100 or 150 or something impressive, one, there's always going to be someone who does more. And two, it sucks. And it it didn't really take any like skill. It's not really going to give you any long-term benefit training like that. So if that's not how you want to train, or if that's not going to get you where you want to go, then why are you training like that? Right. I agree. So what's kind of going on with the future for you, um, Mariana, where are you kind of looking to head in the realm of health and fitness? Um, so I've recently decided that I would like to compete in a bodybuilding, um, competition, hopefully next year, never thought I'd ever even consider it. Um, and then once I really started lifting and putting on muscle, I had a lot of people approach me and ask and be like, Hey, well, like, do you compete? Like, would you ever compete? Is that something you do? Like, how have you not yet? And I'm like, I don't even know. That was never on my radar. That was never like the ultimate goal. Like, oh, I want to compete one day. Cause some people that is like where they start. They're like, oh, I want to compete. And that's where they're, they start their fitness journey. But that was never really, like I said, on my radar. And then more and more people kept asking me and approaching me about it. And then I started following some bodybuilders and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, so that's kind of been, you know, like in the back of my mind, slowly creeping its way to, uh, to my goals list. Um, so I would ideally like to maybe try like a a figure competition or wellness, um, category, but that's, that's possible. And then I've also thought about, well, maybe I'll dabble in some like powerlifting. Like I 
have gotten a lot stronger. I enjoy these lifts and my coach in particular is like, that's his expertise is powerlifting. So I could go that direction too. So having the options, I'm just kind of like, I could do either of those, do both of them, do one and then the other. So possibilities seem really wide open there. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, definitely. That's amazing. It'd be really cool if you could do both and kind of go with that. I think they call it like power builder approach, right? You know, where you lift heavy, but also, you know, get to go up on stage and compete on more of the physique and aesthetic side of things as well. And I think that competition is really beneficial for people too, from a health and fitness side. Like you said yourself, you used to play sports growing up and there's something about that competitive edge that just brings out the best in people. Yeah, I know. I could see myself getting quite competitive with it. So um, We'll see. But just having that be an option for me is like in and of itself is already like so cool. Because again, I never thought I'd even be at a level where I would have someone ask me like, hey, do you compete? Like I've had random people come up to me and be like, oh, like, do you compete? And I'm like, me like you're talking like oh <laughs> oh thanks like it's such a you know it's such a nice compliment and now having that option like I might as well just go for it and get the experience at least yeah definitely do you ever like give like a witty response just to crack yourself up like no actually this is this is my first day in the gym can you show me how to use like this or that <laughs> No, I haven't yet. <laughs> I usually just get like very like shy. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I, I don't know. I like forget sometimes that like, like how, cause I get so zoned in in the, in the gym and like everything else is just like background noise that like when someone like stops me and like asks me something, I'm kind of like thrown off. I'm like, oh, hi, like, thanks. <laughs> so, so you get yourself hyped up with that, you know, dry scoop pre-workout and the like pump up yep. session in the car right before. Yep. Yeah, they're imperative. <laughs> so is that like a late night, like dry scoop, push through this, like take all the stress from the day and get it out? Or is it like a early morning kind of thing? Like I've got to prepare for teaching and I just need to get all of this out before I walk in the classroom. So it kind of depends. I was doing morning workouts for a while. So I was lifting at 4 a.m. before school. And those were like usually my upper body days. Um, so that, that was fine. But now that I'm lifting heavier and like really getting into my bulk, I found that I just, I need more meals in my day. I need more food. So that way I can actually lift heavy. So usually I'll, as of like the last couple of weeks, I will lift right after school. So that's usually around like four, four thirty, getting that evening rush, that crew. Um, so yeah, it, it's, been a huge stress relief from work being able to like all right I'm done with work I can go lift and you know really put in all my energy and stress and anything like into my lift yeah yeah definitely and I can imagine it's probably been very difficult to say the least uh when it comes to teaching uh over the course of the past you know couple of years just the way things have been from in person to online and in person wearing a mask because a lot of learning a new language comes from like you know the mouth position and just like the overall pronunciation and the way words roll off the tongue and that sort of thing and if you can't see that I feel like it's a lot harder to pick up on those things absolutely teaching has been quite the struggle for the last three years and granted I've only been teaching for three years. I started my teaching career literally like six months before the pandemic hit. So 
I have yet to really know what a normal school year kind of looks like. Um, I feel like all I've ever known, I've taught more in a pandemic than I have not. Um, so it's it's been a challenge to say the least, which is why I think my fitness and gym life has really taken off because it's been such a big like stress relief mentally, physically from all of the hardships that teachers have been facing over the last three years now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you felt like you've been getting enough like support from like, you know, your school and parents and that sort of thing during the time or have people like less understanding than optimal uh, through that? Or have you as your like coach and like family and other like friends and people that you're connected with, have you been getting enough support you feel or has this really been a kind of personal struggle to say it one way? Um, so I have, I work in a great district. Like I have really great colleagues and really great administration. I mean, I'm sure every teacher in every district has different viewpoints, has different opinions based on that. But I am very lucky to work with the people that I do. And like, we have a very close, at least my department, like has a very close knit relationship. So like, I've been able to get great support from them. And like, just from like a, hey, like I just need a vent, like, cause I just had a really hard day or like, being able to bounce ideas off of each other and like lessons or like if they needed to be out because of COVID related stuff or if their kids got sick or this or that like we have each other's back so that's been super helpful to me and then a lot of my friends are also teachers so they all get the struggles so they are all you know like oh yeah that happens to me too or they're very validating in the you know the difficulties that I face and vice versa so as difficult as it's been, like, I am grateful to say I have great support systems um, and just like even friends on social media or other teachers that I've met from other parts in the country, like everyone is facing the similar struggles. So it really helps you feel less like alone and facing all of this on a daily basis. Cause I know I have friends I can call up at the end of the day and be like, this is the day I had, but they get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was actually going to ask you that next is about the social media side of things. Like, how has that played into it? And, you know, what your typical followers like and how you've been able to engage with people over this time? Because, you know, for at least part of the last two years, a lot of us were at home and that gave us extra time to connect with people online in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise. Right. So I started my Instagram I'm coming up on three years now. So I started my Instagram way before my TikTok. And that was that started off as just like a way for me to document my progress, just kind of keep myself accountable. Cause that was like right around the time that I started like lifting. So like I was really a whole newbie, like had no idea what I was doing, but I was documenting it. I was like, this is where I'm starting. Like I'm just gonna use this for myself. And like it was mostly just like friends, a couple family members following me, nothing crazy. And then like all of a sudden like in the last year it's really like picked up some traction and I've met a lot of really cool people and like have been able to share more of my fitness journey and like not only now is it a way to keep myself accountable and track my progress but like I've just been able to share so much about where I started and where I am now and just help you know motivate other people get started and motivate you know particularly females to lift because that's where like I really feel like a strong advocate for because for so long I was so like uh, I don't know if that's for me kind of thing but seeing how much I've grown just from a mental and physical standpoint like that's what I really want to put out there and then I didn't start getting into TikTok probably until like 
maybe August of this past year. So that has been the most recent because for the longest time, especially during quarantine, I'm like, I'm not doing TikTok. I, it's dumb. That's not for me. Like, no way am I ever going to get sucked into TikTok. And I refused to download it for like over a year. I was like, no way. Like my friends would send me TikToks and I'm like, I'm not downloading it. I'll watch it, but I'm not going to download it. And then last summer, I downloaded it and I don't know what it was. I don't know like what the trend was or whatever it was that I just kind of started going with it, started making videos. And then that kind of like took off. I started again, meeting so many people in the fitness community and other teachers and like being able to just connect with all these people and share my experiences and hear theirs. And it's been so fun. Like now I just, it's, I can't imagine not having my social media accounts because it's been like another form of like stress relief. Like even from teaching or lifting, like I can make like funny TikToks or funny videos and like other people are like, oh, that's like, that happens to me too. And I'm like, oh, I've seen that happen to me too. So, you know, you're able to connect with a lot of people that you otherwise probably wouldn't. Yeah, for sure. And that's definitely the positive side of social media. And I think, you know, when used correctly, social media is such a powerful tool for those type of things. Exactly. And you never know what kind of impact you can have on someone just through the things that you've been doing. Um, I was going to ask too, I haven't checked out all of your TikTok videos, but have you ever posted any of these like dance trends or anything like that? Because I personally cannot dance to save my life. Yeah, no, I am not huge into like the dancing trends. Like <laughs> it's so fun to watch and like, but I haven't tried them yet. But you know what? I won't say never because I used to say I wouldn't get TikTok and here I am. So maybe one day I'll feel good enough or confident enough to try one of those dancing ones. But as of right now, no, I haven't done any of those trends. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just double scoop the pre-workout and then anything's possible, right? That's true. Yep, <laughs> that could very well be the catalyst for it all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we were talking about, you know, in general, you were sharing, you know, tips and insight for people along their health and fitness journey. What's your kind of general advice to someone who's just starting out when, you know, they're getting into fitness or lifting or whatever it is? What's your general tips that you give people, whether it's guys, girls, whatever? I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is that the small habits really add up to the big results because I know that I used to be in a place where I would try to change everything. I would try and say like, all right, I'm going to work out five to six times a week and I'm going to cut out these foods and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And it was like this daunting list of things that were not habits yet and trying to change it all at once is really, really intimidating and can be honestly setting you up more so for failure rather than success because you're trying to do too much at once so I feel like just doing things like all right I'm gonna work out three times a week and picking those three days and sticking to just those three days I'm going to drink more water like that's it that's my goal for this one month like more water gym two to three times a week and then from there, what else can I improve on? Am I getting eight hours of sleep? Am I resting enough? I think it's like those small habits and the small things really do make the difference. And like for myself, like when I was doing early morning lifts or even when I do afternoon lifts, like I pack my gym bag every single night. I make sure it's all prepped. I'll even put it in my car. So that way I don't have the option to not go to the gym in the morning. So it's like the things that seem so minuscule actually make those those bigger habits possible. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just in general, not like you, you want to sweat the small stuff and you, you don't want to jump into something not knowing what you're getting into, right? Don't test the depth of a river with both feet, so to speak. And that's great advice, not just for people starting out with fitness, but just life right. in general, right? If you're going to try and learn a new language, like say you want to learn Absolutely. Spanish or Portuguese, like if you jump in and try and do the whole Rosetta Stone course in a day or whatever you're doing, it's not going to go well. So if you kind of break it up and go a little bit more right. piecemeal and go slowly, a little bit, a little bit consistently and let that build, let it snowball before you know it you'll be moving better and faster and have so much momentum that you're never going to stop, but you have to start and you have to start small. Right. And I think just allowing yourself to start wherever it is that you are, like we all start somewhere. And that's something that I always remember, like remind myself and remind other people, like, yes, this is my physique right now, but this is not anywhere where I used to be and where I started before. And like, I had to really like you said, like you've got to start small. You got to start at the bottom, and we all did. And you can talk to any single person that's been lifting forever. It's like you still remember where you started, and at least I always try to remember where I started. And that's why, like, I take so many progress pictures, and I took so many progress pictures when I was starting because now I can look back and be like, "That's where I was. That's not where I am now." But like, we all had that one starting point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like because everyone's starting point is so different, you know, whether your age or what gets you into fitness or, you know, your weight, body composition, whatever it is, everyone's starting point is so different. And that gives everyone a unique journey. And none of them are ever really comparable to one another. Each one just kind of stands on its own. And, you know, what works for me or what works for you might not work for someone that follows either of us. So it's really just something that's so individualized to the person and I feel like you know in my sense I've coached people and been a trainer for people and I feel like you know to a certain point I'm giving them exercises and sets and reps but sometimes they can go out and find those on their own and it's more about coaching them through the fitness process than it is coaching them through one specific workout with that Mariana is there anything else that you want to share with people who are listening in today always remind yourselves that like you're way more capable than you probably think you are and that your mental strength is only going to also improve along with the physical and I've and even vice versa is true like I found like the stronger that I get physically like has helped me overcome a lot of mental barriers at the same time so it's like you get to a point where your fitness journey is yes it's a lot of physical but once you start seeing like those mental transformations and like those mental improvements and like, like I said, like the gym is my stress relief. Like that is my safe haven at the end of a difficult day. And that's where I'm able to kind of hit a reset button. And um, so just reminding people that like, it shouldn't always be physical. Like you should always be pushing yourself from a mental standpoint also. And then that will also translate into your physical and fitness journey. Yeah, definitely. Grow, grow what's going on up here first. And I feel like once you start to make those connections between fitness and, you know, your mindset and your discipline, that's when life gets really exciting and you become unstoppable in all areas of life, right? It's not just growing physically in the gym. You grow in so many other ways. Um, there was a book I read a while back called Little Black Book by uh, Mike Matthews that literally 
talks all about that, that connects what you're doing in the gym to what you do in the rest of the lot rest of your life. And it really starts with like cultivating mindset, setting goals for yourself, and then doing the work. And that's what fitness is. You set goals, you do the work, and then you either maintain or you find another mountain to climb and you keep on going. And if you're doing that every single day, day in and day out with fitness, you're going to start looking at the rest of the life, rest of your life, just like that. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And in general, again, that's something that I feel like we all need to hear and remind ourselves of here in America, because as of pre-pandemic, this data was from like four or five years ago, uh, the average American is about 25 pounds overweight and spends five hours a day watching TV, has $130,000 in debt and has less than $1,000 in their savings account. So we literally live in a society where we sit down, we eat, we watch things and we consume and we pay bills and then we die. And there's so much more to life than that. Like life is so much more exciting. There's so many other um, paths that we can explore, but it starts with growing yourself physically and mentally. And once you do that, the rest of the life, rest of your life just kind of falls right into place. Exactly. Exactly right. It's a great way to look at it. With that, Mariana, thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show. Really enjoyed having you on and discussing all things health and fitness with you. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you like this episode, please make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with all the new stuff that we have coming out every week. And make sure you share the episode with a friend so that way we can continue to grow and have a positive influence on other people. Last, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you, and we'll see you on Wednesday. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.